coming up. We're getting ready for Passover, and it's going to be so great. Really. You are listening to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm your host, Heather Dean. And this week, my guest is Rabbi David Orlovsky, the internationally renowned speaker whose lectures have inspired thousands of people for over 30 years. And this week, we're speaking about looking forward to Passover. By the way, you can visit the website rabbiorlovsky.com, which features Rabbi Orlovsky's articles and audio and video classes, ebooks, and details of his upcoming speaking engagements. And for more information, information and to contact Rabbi Orlovsky about speaking in your community, visit RabbiOrlovsky.com and that is R-A-B-B-I-O-R-L-O-F-S-K-Y.com. Welcome Rabbi David Orlovsky to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you. So did you look forward to Passover when you were growing up? You know, it's a great question. Where they teach us in rabbi school is always start with a story. So um, I was doing a discovery uh, Shabbaton in Cleveland over 30 years ago. And a woman during the question and answer uh, session asked the following question. Why do we say Yizker on the holidays? Now, I don't think her question, she was a beginner, I think her question was, since it was originally uh, made only to say on Yom Kippur because it's a day of judgment, why do we say it during the holidays? I, I think she was just you know, more curious why on a holiday we'd remember those who passed away. It's kind of a depressing note. That's what the Yizkor... Uh, Remembrance parts. prayer for yes. the dead. Yes. So uh, I said it's specifically at the holidays that we remember the loved ones who passed away. Because when you sit down at the Seder, for example, on Passover, or the way that you conduct yourself on Passover, or the other holidays, you remember very much how my father did it, how my mother did it. Right. You, you grow right. up with these traditions. Right. To me, Pesach was just a magical, magical time. Everything was covered. I would turn everything over. I mean, you have to understand, my, I did not come from a Sabbath-observant home, but my father kept a kosher home. And so came Passover. We did the shopping. We set everything up. Mm -hmm. um, my father, when his mother passed away, they were very poor. All she had with these was this Seder plate that she had bought in a five-and-dime store for about mm -hmm. a nickel, so a glass-printed plate. And uh, we used to bring it up from the Passover closet in the basement. It was unspoken among the children, but we understood that if you break that plate, don't offer an explanation, just leave. You know, because my father will kill Run. you if you're still there. You know, so, you know, but you know, the, the Passover plate, the foods, the Seder plate, the, the, the thing I, I brought when my mother passed away and we cleaned out the house this past year. So I took my father's Haggadah, you know, and it was one of those old English Haggadahs, you know, and, and that he used to read through. And I, but it was Passover. He took mm -hmm. out his Haggadah. that we sat mm -hmm. at the table, the special Passover dishes. I mean, everything about it was something that was magical. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, do you have a favorite Seder night activity or game that children actually enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the it, it says in the Haggadah that a person has to see himself as if he came out of Egypt. The biggest challenge of running a Seder is relevance. People have to yes. feel that these events that happened over 3,300 years ago yeah. has relevance to my life today. Mm -hmm. That is your challenge. You have to find within the Haggadah themes that are meaningful to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you pose certain questions or you pose certain parts of the story and you bring them off, that's for 
a certain age. Yes. The little children, you have to figure out what is going to challenge them, right? So um, last year before Passover, I happened to be in America and in um, Target, they have these shelves with these like discounted little things. They had these rubber alligators Little rubber alligators mm. that you could like pull them and they snapped and flew. <laughs> when we came to the 10 plagues and I talked about that, I gave it out to the children. Well, that <laughs> made the whole pass over them. That was the most exciting thing. It's your job to figure out how to, they came out with these little um, hand, finger puppets, you know, for mm -hmm. the four questions and for the 10 plagues. I find that's just too much. You know, you need something that the kids are hands on right now that this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the challenge. You have to say, what's going to be fun for a two-year-old? What's going to be fun for a 15-year-old? What's going to be fun for a 35-year-old? And, and every one of them has to be challenged on their level that they feel like, wow, this is an experience that's working for me. Now, I know people do little skits and songs and all kinds of things like that. <laughs> uh, I find that distracting. I think there has to be within the Seder itself enough of a message that people can relate to. When you talk about moror and you talk about the suffering, uh, suffering is a is a common human experience that everybody should be able to relate to. When you talk about the idea of redemption, when you talk about uh, so many themes in the story, mm -hmm. this has to touch people's lives. And that's the person running the Seder's job. Mm -hmm. the, the tragedy is that so many people prepare for Pesach. Right. They don't prepare for the message. Right. And right. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a commandment on the Seder night to tell your children. And there's, they have a commandment to listen to you. <laughs> and you'd think, gosh, that would take a little preparation. What do I want to tell my children? What's mm -hmm. the message I want mm -hmm. to give across mm -hmm. for generations? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the main themes of Passover is that with God's help, no difficulty is insurmountable. So I'm wondering how we can apply this idea in practical terms. Everybody has challenges. Yeah. Everybody has uh, challenges. And sometimes when you look at the challenges other people are going through, you don't know how anyone could possibly deal with it. Nonetheless, our own challenges, whether or not they pale by comparison, doesn't matter. This, this is my challenge that I have to try to face. So one time I was going through a particularly difficult time. I have a friend who's, uh, who's Hasidic, and he sees me. And he, I didn't say a word. He could just look at me and see it on my face. Mm. And he tells me a story. He says, the famous Rebbe, Rablevi Yitzchak Mibardichev, was walking with his Hasidim. And he stops and he said, if I was God, you know what I would do? They all said, what? This is just what he's doing now. Why, you think I'm smarter than him? <laughs> I got so much strength from that story because, mm. yeah, at the bottom line, we all think we're smarter than God. Mm. You know, when, when Moshe goes to um, Pharaoh and says, you let the Jews go, and he says, I got a better idea. I won't give you any straw. So all the Jews mm. turned to Moshe and said, look, you messed everything up right. because you don't understand that there's a process and there's things that go on and, you know, um, I was just uh, reading um, a biography of uh, JFK, uh, John Kennedy, and he was under such incredible pain for most of his life and, and is suffering terribly in his back, you know, and, and intestinally and all kinds of terrible problems. But he was able to hide the pain to mask it, even though it was excruciating, the mm. doctor said. Mm. And he was able to hide it because, you know, he chose not to make that narrative his life. So you can look at yourself and say, I'm a slave, or you can look at yourself and say, God's redeeming me and getting me out of here, and I'm going to become a people that's going to set a moral standard for the world. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's part and parcel of another central theme of Passover, that God is constantly involved in our history and has a commitment to our survival. Yeah. We're not here after 2,000 years of exile because the nations of the world decided that we're an endangered species and we should be preserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're right. not the spotted owl. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody has any use for us. In mm-hmm. spite of the nations of the world's best efforts, we're still here mm-hmm. to the point that when Louis XIV, the Catholic king, asked Pascal, the Catholic philosopher, show me a miracle I can see today, he said the Jews. Mm. The fact that the Jews still exist has to be that there's somebody watching out for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's round out uh, the, the podcast talking about Afi Komen Prizes, right? Mm-hmm. I, first of all, I'm wondering that it's like a split divide among families. Is it something that is supposed to be offered if it's found by the, the leader of the Seder table or if it's something that the kids find? or Just in general, what are you, what's your thought about Afi Komen Prizes and how do we do it right? <laughs> the whole purpose of Afi Komen Prizes is to keep the children's interest Mm -hmm. because it's long and it's boring. (laughs) And so they can search around for the hidden Afi Komen and get a prize. They deserve it. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because we only came out of Egypt and we received the Torah because we promised God we were going to raise our children with values. Mm -hmm. And there's a big problem. I'm supposed to teach the children. So what happens? The children say the Manish Tanah and then we forget about them. And so they steal the Mm. Afi Komen because they're telling you, you're not going to finish this Seder without me because this is, I'm the central theme. I'm not just a prop. (laughs) I say my Manish Tana and then I go off. (laughs) You're not going to forget about me. Mm. That's the message of Afi Komen. And yeah, kids who make it through the Seder deserve a prize. (laughs) Yeah, God bless them. They're they're terrific. I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to give us your insights and to talk uh, talk with us about Passover, Rabbi Orlovsky. Pleasure. And there are are many excellent articles, audio classes, and videos on H.com about Passover, and you can click onto them from the homepage as well as the website's very own Passover section. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.